On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time Imon Irti Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Machan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashi Dochretche, Nach Vetoch, Ara, Igornamion, on Kestian Echo. Vientalam again Omgrev, Orkorn Rachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. If you like the Indo Daily, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today on the Indo Daily. As the dispute over the Northern Ireland Protocol escalates between the EU and the UK, are we on the brink of a trade war? And what will that mean for the cost of living? What it does is it creates unnecessary barriers on on trade east-west. What we can do is fix that. Not a big deal. Uh, We can fix it in such a way as to remove those bureaucratic barriers, but without putting up barriers on trade moving north-south in the island of Ireland. On Christmas Eve 2020, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson celebrated a post-Brexit trade deal with the EU. This is a deal, uh, a deal to give certainty to business and travellers and uh, all investors in our country from the 1st of January, uh, a deal with our friends and partners in the EU. Fast forward 18 months, and this week the UK government published a bill seeking to unilaterally change the Northern Ireland Protocol. And what we need is the EU to agree to change the text of the protocol. Otherwise, the negotiations simply won't succeed. But now the EU has hit back, launching fresh legal action against the UK. So let's call it a spade a spade. This is illegal. That is why the Commission has today decided to take legal action against the United Kingdom for not complying with significant parts of the protocol on Ireland, Northern Ireland. I'm Tabitha Monaghan and today on the Indo Daily, we look at the escalating tensions between Brussels and London, asking if the situation can be resolved or are we heading towards a trade war with the UK? I'm joined by political correspondent of the Irish Independent, John Downing, and Kieran O'Neill, Northern Irish journalist with the Sunday Independent. Kieran O'Neill, as simply as you can, can you explain to me what the Northern Ireland Protocol is? Well, I've been writing and reading and talking about the protocol for the last couple of years, Tabitha, but I'm still myself somewhat confused by it. It came into operation in 2021 and it was part of the divorce agreement between the European Union and the United Kingdom following the Brexit vote. And essentially the protocol treats Northern Ireland as a special case because it is a land border with the EU along the Irish Republic border. And the protocol was set up to ensure that there was no hard border on the island of Ireland. 
so that the Northern Ireland would stay within the single market in the European Union. And instead of setting up border checks within Ireland, the checks under the protocol are now carried out at the Northern Ireland ports. So the goods coming from Great Britain to Northern Ireland are checked at the ports as opposed to any checks being in place on the island of Ireland. Can you briefly recap what happened earlier this week then in regards to the Northern Ireland Protocol and Brexit? We'll start with Boris Johnson and the UK government. What action did they take? So the latest twist in this long-running saga is that on Monday, the British government published proposed new legislation, which it says will allow them to change aspects of the protocol, which they say are damaging the economy in Northern Ireland. But the European Union are not happy at the British government's proposal to change the protocol unilaterally. So the European Union have announced that they are going to they're taking legal action against the UK government. The EU had launched legal action against the government last year over suggestions that checks were not being carried out under the uh, protocol agreement. But now, as well as resuming that legal action, they say they're now going to take um, separate legal action over the plans for the new legislation from the British government. You said there that there was aspects of the protocol that the UK government weren't happy with. Can you explain to me what those are and why they now have felt they need to change this and take this unilateral action? The new proposals from the British government would remove the checks on goods that are travelling from Great Britain and remaining in Northern Ireland. But this would come in under a new system of a green lane and a red lane. Those goods that are coming from Great Britain and are destined to stay in Northern Ireland will go through the green lane, which is minimal checks. Uh, whereas those goods that are coming from Great Britain travel through Northern Ireland to the Republic and thus into the European Union will undergo the, the, the checks that are in place now as part of the protocol. Kieran, obviously... The concern is how businesses are being impacted by this and whether or not the protocol is helping them or not. But also there's the element of the European Court of Justice that the UK government have an issue with. Can you explain to me what that is? Do they want to get rid of the European Court of Justice, not be involved in it? And are they offering an alternative? Well, the British government aren't happy that the European Court of Justice is the body which rules on any issues around the protocol. They say that's unfair because the, they say the European Court obviously is, is closely aligned to the European Union and they say they're not a fair arbiter of any issues that arise. So that's part of the proposals now is to remove the, the European Court's um, power in terms of the issues with the Northern Ireland Protocol, but essentially the, the British government has not put forward any alternatives. The legislation that came out this week, there's a lot of detail lacking in it. There's been a few big ideas in terms of what the British government feels should be done, but we're still very much waiting on a lot of the details to come forward, and the issue over the European Court is one of those. Kieran, can I ask you about the timing of all this? It's come very soon after Boris Johnson faced a vote of no confidence. We also know that there are some elections coming up in the UK as well. Can you tell me about that and why these aspects might have motivated Boris Johnson to take this action? Yeah, well, within the, the Conservative Party in the UK at the moment, there's, 
there's open civil war. There's serious battle going on within the party. Just a couple of weeks ago, um, Boris Johnson had a confidence vote, and he, he won that by 2011 to 148 votes, which was a, a hollow victory in many ways because it, it means that there's 148 of his own MPs that want him out. So there's a serious battle going on within the Conservative Party, and this is impacting on the protocol. A lot of people are looking at this and saying Boris Johnson does, does not care about the protocol, does not care about Northern Ireland. All he cares about is self-preservation and that this issue around the protocol is a way that he can see of drumming up support within his party. Liz Trust is the British Foreign Secretary and she has been uh, suggested as many people as a uh, leadership rival for Boris Johnson. So she um, is also a key player in this situation and she is also being seen as fairly hard line in terms of pushing for changes to the protocol. So, and both uh, Boris Johnson and Liz Trust, um, many commentators say, are playing to uh, a group within the Conservative Party. It's called the European Research Group, and it's made up of very strongly anti-European Union MPs, and they are very an influential group within Conservative, the Conservative Party. So the, the argument is that both Boris Johnson and Liz Trust are trying to drum up support within this group and all their Conservative MPs for their own leadership campaigns. If you remember back to Boris Johnson was brought to power in 2019 and his slogan then was get Brexit done. Uh, and he and the Conservative Party would say that this was a key part of their success in winning the election. So they were tough on Brexit in 2019 and Boris Johnson obviously is looking at, at this as a suggestion now where if, he, if he's seen as being tough against Europe that it will play well within his party I think it's accepted by many people that, that Boris Johnson, you know, he already has unionists, the, the DEP in particular, that uh, there was an agreement there when the protocol was being negotiated. Johnson said that in no way would there ever be a, a border down the ABC. This was a promise he gave to the DEP party. And lo and behold, after the, during the negotiations, it was agreed that there is, and there now is a, a, a border down the ABC. So I think very few people in Northern Ireland trust Boris Johnson, and it's it's certainly seen that this current situation is very much part of the civil war within the Conservative Party. Kieran, you've mentioned the DUP there. What has the reaction been from the Stormont MPs, both on either side um, of the divide? The Northern Ireland Assembly at Stormont hasn't been sitting since February. We had an election on May the 5th, but the parties um, of the Assembly hasn't returned and is not back up and running. And it's because the DEP are refusing to support the return of the Assembly because or until their concerns, they say, about the protocol are addressed. So at the moment, you have the DEP are very strongly opposed to the protocol and are demanding changes. Now, other unionist parties um, are also unhappy with many aspects of the protocol, but and specifically the Ulster Unionist Party. But they argue that they want the Assembly to return and and then they, to deal with the issues that they raise within you know the the, the system. They say the, the the problems can be overcome by negotiations. The other parties, um, Northern Ireland, the SDLP, Sinn Féin, Lions Party, are all very much in favour of the protocol. They, they were opposed to, all those parties were opposed to Brexit. Brexit happened in the UK, even though there was a majority in Northern Ireland voted to remain in the European Union. Those parties say now to the DUP, 
who were very strong in, in favour of Brexit, they say to the DP, you voted for Brexit, the protocol's uh, a consequence of Brexit, we, ha- you know, we have to get on with the current situation. Now, those parties are not, the SLP, Sinn Féin, Alliance are not happy with the protocol, but they see it as a, a necessary consequence of Brexit. And how are the people in Northern Ireland feeling about that, Kieran? Obviously, like you said, the Assembly isn't sitting. Now we have this legislation that's been brought in. It's obviously dragging that on even further. Totally. And it's. I think the, the general feeling is people are fed up with it. The protocol, it's always an important topic for the last couple of years, but people, people are so bored in many ways with it. You know, it's just a, a constant thing. And there's so much more happening in terms of people's daily lives. You know, we're, we're just coming out of COVID. We obviously have the cost of living situation where the, the inflation prices are rising. People are finding it difficult to make ends meet. You know, we have the impact of the Ukraine war on us um, throughout the world, particularly Europe in terms of uh, price rises. So I think people in Northern Ireland are a bit fed up in terms of that their politicians can't, while this is all going on, that they can't, you know, come to an agreement, get the Northern Ireland Assembly up and running again, and then deal with whatever issues uh, are occurring at the minute within the, the, the power sharing government and get on with the running the country. John Downing, Irish independent political correspondent. As expected, the EU has responded to the UK's proposed legislation to change the protocol. What have they said? On uh, Monday, the UK government uh, tabled uh, legislation confirming its intention to unilaterally break international law. More precisely, to break an agreement that protects peace and stability in Northern Ireland an agreement that we reached together only two years ago. Let there be no doubt. There is no legal nor political justification whatsoever for unilaterally changing an international agreement. Opening the door to unilaterally changing an international agreement is a breach of international law as well. So let's call it a spade a spade. This is illegal. Essentially, they're going to law. They're going to hold the UK before the uh, EU Court of Justice, which is something contentious in itself. They had begun legal proceedings against uh, the British in March uh, of uh, 2021. This related to uh, the, the British helping themselves to additional implementation or grace periods. Uh, but they put that in cold storage last autumn in hopes that it would generate some goodwill and improve negotiations. It has done no such thing, quite the opposite. They will very likely add other uh, legal, legal cases against uh, the British, notably for their failure to put in, in place infrastructure, things like checking uh, booths and things like that at Belfast and Larne ports particularly. Uh, so this is, this, is, this is law. In the lead up to this, though, we've heard that the situation could lead to a trade war between the UK and the EU. What does it mean when we say a trade war? It means very bad things. It, it means trade being disrupted. That means uh, exports being lost. That means income and jobs being hit. Now, the better side of this is that people talk and threaten trade wars far more than they ever carry them out. However, trade wars do happen. 
And when they do, uh, very many people suffer and only very small and, and uh, oddball, discrete group groups who happen to be in a strange situation can, can pull any benefit from it. It's very bad news, especially for Ireland, because Britain is a major trading partner. If the EU is, is imposing sanctions on British trade, well, then Ireland will have to fall into line with that. We've seen reports of a hit list of UK products that have been developed to potentially retaliate against. Do we know what they are? Uh, formally, they haven't been published. But yes, we know. And we know, we, we know firstly from uh, what official sources tell us. Secondly, we, we know because there's a pattern to this. In recent uh, trade disputes between uh, the USA and Europe, for example, big ticket items, uh, popular brands, Harley-Davidson motorbikes. People over here want to buy them. Uh, people over here in Europe want to buy them. People in the States want to sell them. Ubiquitous Levi jeans and things like that. They are the ones that stick out. If things go that horrible route, and I hope they don't, what kind of uh, British and, and European products would we be talking about? Well, you'd certainly be talking about Scottish whiskey. When things go to this point, they pick things always which are politically sensitive and uh, iconic and things they particularly they even go for places where there are marginal constituencies for the incumbent government. Going to Scotland makes sense. The Scottish smoked salmon and, and other fish products, for example. Uh, Scotland is already very iffy about uh, the, the whole Brexit project, Scottish people. They rather like the EU, unlike uh, the, the majority in England. And they're, they're not as easily fobbed off with uh, we wanted a good Brexit, but those uh, th those horrible Europeans wouldn't give it to us. So they'll certainly go to Scotland, think whiskey, think fish. They'll also look at the no Midlands and north of England. We know there are big car assembly plants there, old engineering plants. They rely on just-in-time delivery of car components going in and going out. Putting a spoke in that could disrupt car production and uh, it would it would cause uh, huge and pretty swift economic uh, problems with probably people getting protective notice in their in, in in England and Scotland getting protective notice on their jobs as you say john it is a significant escalation if we get to that point but if we do get there is it likely that the uk will then hit back in response to them well, certainly that's that's the pattern, you know, it, 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 it becomes tit for it, rather depressingly tit for tat at that point. What would they be looking at? Well, they'd certainly be looking at uh, food uh, products which come through uh, the, the big exporters, the big frontline exporters. The biggest of all is Ireland. We'd be you'd be talking about dairy products. You'd be talking about meat uh, the, but not just there, they'd be looking at Holland. You think of all the cut flowers that come in, all the tomatoes, all the soft fruits. They'd be looking at Belgium. They'd be looking at uh, a lot of high-tech components, surprisingly, come from Belgium. Uh, and you'd be looking at uh, gourmet food products uh, coming of, from France, uh, certainly. Again, think, think high-profile, think Irish cheddar, think, uh, think Kerrygold. Uh, th think prime Irish beef. 
As you said earlier, John, if something like a trade war happens, people really do suffer. And we've seen the cost of living has gone up significantly. What impact could this have on people's lives? Uh, It would disrupt people's lives as they know it. They wouldn't be able, first thing they would notice is they wouldn't be able to get certain favoured products that they've been quite used to for years, high quality products in their local supermarket. But the sadder part, that that wouldn't be nice, but much harsher and sadder than that would be people not having the money, not having the wages. uh, And it would cause considerable disruption. It would increase welfare bills. It would further uh, destroy supply chains which even in the aftermath would would have would have a fallback we've seen we've seen the fallback from uh, for, for example the, the consequences of, of the whole covid-19 impact on global supply chains well think think all that stuff all over again compounding existing difficulties as you say with post covid and war in europe pushing up the prices of fuel food everything else all of that will be compounded i'm i'm sorry this is very negative stuff but that's where it goes which is to again emphasize that what what's needed here is a settlement not a trade war That was John Downing, political correspondent with the Irish Independent and my thanks also to Kieran O'Neill for joining me today I'm Tabitha Monaghan and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was produced and researched by Garrett Mulhall, recorded by Gavin Hennessy with sound design by John Smith. Archive clips from the BBC, RTE, News Talk and Sky News. If you enjoyed the Indo-Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.